Ellsworth welcoming you to Prairie Doc Radio. This is a program of the Healing Words Foundation, a 501c3 founded by Rick and Joni Holm. We are here to answer your medical questions, so give us a call at 605-692-1430. 605-692-1430. With us today is Dr. Deb Johnston to answer your medical questions. Dr. Johnston's specialty is family medicine. She works with the Avera Medical Group Brookings and volunteers as part of the Prairie Doc team of physicians. Good morning, Dr. Johnston. Good morning, Laura. It's good to be here. Thanks for being here. Mid-July here, yes. getting to be late July already. <sighs> Are you having a good summer? Over. We have had a wonderful yeah, summer. Good. Yes. Good. And my, my youngest is going off to college. Oh, that's a tough blow for a mom. Yeah. Yeah. Pulls on all the heartstrings. It does. Yes. It does. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> yes. Well, we wish her all the best. That's exciting. It so. is exciting. I'm excited for her. Yeah. It'll be fun yeah. to hear her reports. So. Yes. Yes. That's great. If she talks to me again before Thanksgiving, I'm not sure she will, but <laughs> you never know. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And where, where is she off to? She is going to St. Cloud. Okay. So she's going to be a bit away from home. Yeah. yeah. How far is that? Is that three or four it's hours? About three and a half hours. Okay. Yeah. All right. So, yeah. a little trip. So, yeah, a little bit of a trip. So, mm-hmm. she won't be home every weekend, that's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't spent a lot of time in St. Cloud, but one time when I was there, we visited the most beautiful gardens. Yes. That's right across the river from the campus. And yeah. she's very excited about that. Yeah. Just lovely. Yes. If I remember correctly, a man had those um, gardens designed. He lived across the street from the garden, and his wife uh, loved gardening, but um, I believe was maybe paralyzed or handicapped and couldn't get out to do her own gardening anymore. So he had this huge garden built across the street so she could look out the window at it. Wow. So that's the story I heard anyway. That's so. like a... a Minnesota version of the Taj Mahal. Yes. I kind of like it better, actually. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So hopefully you'll get to visit the gardens several times these next few years. That would be nice. I love gardens that other people keep. Sure. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yes. They're a little bit of a little bit of work, aren't they? Yeah, they are <laughs> you have a to little love bit it. of work. Yes, you do. Right. Yes, right. you do. Yeah. Excellent. Well, I wanted us to take some time this week to talk about our Prairie Doc topic, which honestly I didn't know much about until I started um, learning more about it and catching up on your show that you did yes. earlier this year. And our topic is actually it was last year. It was almost a whole year almost ago whole that year we ago. taped that. Mm-hmm. I think it first aired in December though. So right. Yeah. So the topic was neuropathic pain. Yes. But you went out to Rapid City to record we this show. We went out to Rapid City. Yeah. So that was kind of fun to get to go to a different part of the state and talk to uh, clinicians that I don't normally work with with my patients so um, that was wonderful we had a physical medicine and rehabilitation specialist on um, uh, Dr. Christina Sanders and uh, Dr. Tyler Tachek who is a um, an interventional pain specialist so that was wonderful and then Dr. Matt Simmons who is a neurologist out there so we kind of covered the gamut of uh, people that are usually involved in uh, treating diagnosing and treating neuropathic pain. Something I really appreciated as I was I was listening to the podcast version of the show and um, something I really appreciate about 
your guest on this show in particular, it was that it was obvious they loved what they did. Like they were just passionate about yes. this, like pain management and helping people with neuropathic pain, and um, yeah. their passion really came through in the show. That's yeah, for sure. Yeah, it was really a, a good show. I think mm-hmm. it was a a lot of really good information, and and I learned things, um, which is always one of the fun things about doing the show is that I get a chance to learn from some experts on common problems that that people have that um, help me in getting my patients ready to see them and sometimes helps me so that uh, we can spare them that specialist visit. So that's wonderful. Yeah, very good. Well, let's go to our first break. And when we return, we will dive into what neuropathic pain is and and how it's treated and all of that. All right. Sounds Uh, great. So we thank you for listening to Prairie Doc Radio on KBRK and on our podcast. Call us now at 605-692-1430 with any medical questions you would like us to address. We will return following this informative message from the Avera Medical Group. The grass is growing, and that means it's time to mow. Please remember these safety measures to protect your health. Wear goggles, hearing protection, gloves, and long pants. Always wear sturdy closed-toed shoes while mowing the lawn. Do not drink alcohol or use other substances before or while using your lawnmower. Do not remove safety devices or guards on the mower and never insert hands or feet into the mower to remove grass or debris. Parents, teach these safety measures to your children. This safety tip is brought to you by the Avera Medical Group Brookings, 697-9500. Welcome back to Prairie Doc Radio. I'm Laura Ellsworth and Prairie Doc physician Deb Johnston is here to answer our medical questions. Give us a call at 605-692-1430. 605 692 Before the break, we were talking about how neuropathic pain is our Prairie Doc topic this week. And uh, Dr. Johnston hosted a fabulous show interviewing a variety of physicians with different backgrounds who can help patients with neuropathic pain. So Dr. Johnston, let's begin by answering what is neuropathic pain? You know, that is kind of the fundamental question, isn't it? And um, Neuropathic pain is basically pain that originates from dysfunction in the peripheral, usually the peripheral nerves. Um, So the classic example, uh, two examples that I'll give, number one, people with diabetes. People who have had diabetes for a period of time, the the high blood sugar can injure those nerves, damage those nerves, and these people will often develop severe foot pain. Um, they may have numbness, but pain at the same time. They may have hypersensitivity, uh, and it can be really disabling, that pain. Um, and it can also be very disabling because without those little nerves, you don't have a good sense of what you're walking on, and that can impact how well you can walk. It can increase your risk of falls. It certainly increases uh, the risk of sores on the feet, which you may have no idea that you're walking on a little rock in your shoe, and then you end up with a big old hole in your foot that Mm. can be very slow to heal. So that's one example of a type of neuropathic pain. Another example would be shingles. So um, I think most people are familiar with shingles. If 
uh, nothing else, maybe you've seen the commercials for the new shingles shot. Um, but what a lot of people don't realize about shingles is that in addition to that uh, rash that can be so scary looking, um, there's usually a lot of pain associated with it. And that pain can be associated with damage to those nerves that doesn't heal when the rash heals. Mm. So that can be a very difficult thing for people. They can have pain that persists for a very long time. The older you are when you get that shingles outbreak, the more likely you are to have that ongoing persistent pain, um, which is just a nice way to segue into my favorite topic, Get your shots, people. Get your (laughs) shingles shot. I'm embarrassed to admit that my husband came down with shingles about a year ago. And I'm looking at this rash on his arm. I'm saying, huh, well, golly, you know, that sure looks like shingles. But that would be so unusual because you've had your shingles shot. My what? Well, I've had my shingles shot, and I guess uh, I guess I hadn't egged him enough to go see his doctor and get his shingles shot mm-hmm. when he turned 50. So mm-hmm. anybody who's 50 and older listening, if you've not had your two-part shingles shot, go get it. Yeah. Go get it. Sounds like it can be very unpleasant. It can to be extremely unpleasant, so yes. And, and that unpleasantness can persist. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. so those are two types of uh, neuropathic pain. There are other things that can cause neuropathic pain and nerve injury. Um, if you think about it, sciatica is a version of neuropathic pain because, again, it is uh, basically causing injury to that nerve that's going down your leg. So um, and vitamin deficiencies can cause it. Uh, radiation injury can cause it. Uh, chemotherapy can cause it. Uh, There are other things that can cause it, but it it all kind of ends up in the same place with damage to those nerves. I found it fascinating. My understanding is that with this nerve pain, little things like a bed sheet might be painful to your foot or putting on your socks might be incredibly painful. Uh, So I'm just thinking this has to be really difficult to live with. It can be extremely difficult to live with. Um, That's something we call hyperesthesia. So light touch, something that shouldn't be painful can really aggravate those nerves and cause extreme pain for people. Now that's not a symptom that everybody has, but uh, it certainly is. And sometimes no stimulation at all can cause that pain. Mm -hmm. That's something that um, my poor father-in-law deals with a lot is that those feet just always hurt. Mm -hmm. So if we are experiencing this neuropathic pain, what what are some of the treatment options that we have available? Well, some of that depends on the cause of the pain. Okay. Um, sometimes uh, the pain can improve if we can treat the underlying cause. Um, if we're stuck treating the pain, the first thing we will usually do is um, is medications. And classically, the important thing to know is that the types of medicines you might take for a headache or a backache or when you sprain your ankle usually don't do very much hmm. for this type of pain. Um, opioids, things like um, uh, Percocet and oxycodone and, and hydrocodone and those kinds of things uh, are usually not 
as effective as you'd like either. And of course, they have their own set of problems. So uh, our treatments usually involve um, some seizure medicines, uh, particularly a medication called Neurontin or Gabapentin, uh, or its uh, related medication, Pregabulin or um, Lyrica. or sometimes antidepressant medications can be very helpful. Classically, we would use a class of medicines called the tricyclic antidepressants. These are things like amitriptyline or nortriptyline. Um, uh, Pamelor is one of the brand names. Elevil is another. Uh, more commonly now, because those medicines tend to have a lot more side effects, uh, we will use a medication, for example, a deloxetine or Cymbalta, and that can be very helpful for a lot of people. Um, And most of the time, people tolerate these medications pretty well. Uh, Sometimes people will have some side effects, which are usually uh, relatively mild. Um, They're not perfect medications by any stretch of the imagination. They don't give most people complete relief. Um, And some people, they don't seem to help much at all. It's really interesting to not necessarily take a pain medication, but be taking a seizure medication or an antidepressant and that those medications seem to work with these nerves. Yes. But if you think about it, it makes sense. And that's probably more obvious with the seizure medicines. What do seizure medicines do? They affect the way the nerves in your brain, the brain cells talk to each other. Well, I guess it's not that big of a stretch to think that they will affect the way that the nerve cells Mm-hmm. talk to each other and and transmit that message. Mm-hmm. So um, when we're using these medicines, we're not saying, well, this pain is all in your head. Although I always like to say fundamentally, of course, pain's in your head because that's where you feel it. Sure. You know, just yes. like, you know, mm-hmm. seizures are in your head. Yeah, they're mm-hmm. quite literally in, in your, your head. head. They're yes. caused in your brain. <laughs> um, nobody thinks they're imaginary. And these using these medicines does not mean that we think your pain is imaginary. Uh, Your pain is very real. It's just that the ways we treat them aren't the same ways that we treat pain that originates in the muscle or the joint. Mm -hmm. Um, It's a different kind of pain, so it needs a different kind of treatment. Mm -hmm. On your show, you also go into some of the more recent developments and technologies available. Do you want to just touch briefly on some of those? Yeah, and... You know, it's really important to recognize that uh, although medications uh, don't know where in the body they're going to work, Mm -hmm. uh, some of these new technologies are only uh, available for pain originating in in certain parts. So, um, you know, that makes it a little more um, challenging. So if I, if you have uh, pain in your hand from your shingles and you have pain in your foot from your, um, your diabetes, well, my Lyrica could help you with pain in in both places. Uh, But some of these implants, these stimulation implants that uh, would go into your spine um, can only help you with pain in the area that that covers. So that's an an important caveat that uh, it's not a one-size-fits-all answer. And that was one of those uh, kind of new 
te- newer technologies that uh, Dr. Tachek uh, was talking about, and um, it is basically a uh, a medical device that has a wire that goes up against the spine and uh, provides a different message to those nerves. Uh, that's a very kind of quick and dirty yeah. something um, I can understand base, yes yes <laughs> um that's uh one of the challenges sometimes I think with specialists that us primary care doctors are are uniquely suited to <laughs> to serve as translators for uh, for our patients because sometimes I'll talk to those specialists and I'll think boy it's almost like speaking to my Italian relatives. I have to me- mentally translate that into into my own language, and yes. then I can understand what they're what they're saying. So, um, yeah, it, some very very exciting things that that can be used. Yeah, and I understand physical therapy is often used, perhaps not always as a treatment, but as a way to just help. Right, have a quality of life. And Abs- absolutely, learn some ways to tolerate that. And and sometimes, um, you know, sometimes physical therapy can help with the pain, especially if it's caused by a peripheral nerve compression. You know, fundamentally, carpal tunnel syndrome is a peripheral neuropathy. It's caused by pressure on that peripheral nerve in your wrist. Uh, So sometimes physical therapy can actually help us address the underlying cause and and relieve the pain, but sometimes physical therapy uh, is involved to help people um, manage and uh, overcome some of the challenges that that neuropathy leads to. I think uh, specifically on the show, if I recall correctly, uh, we talked about walking mm-hmm. and gait and how difficult it can be when you don't get that feedback uh, from what's under your feet uh, to help you correct your your balance and, uh, you know, step appropriately and everything else. So physical therapy can be a really important part of uh, managing your life when you are affected by these conditions. Yeah. Well, it's time for us to go to our next break. We thank you for listening to Prairie Doc Radio on KBRK and on our podcast. Call us now at 605-692-1430 with any medical questions you would like us to address. Prairie Doc programs are available as a podcast. Just look for Prairie Doc wherever you get your podcast. Today's program will be added to the podcast soon. We will return following this informative message from the Avera Medical Group. Attention drivers, there are many bikers on the road. Please remember these rules. Share the road. Bicyclists have the same rights to the road as motor vehicles do. It is the law to allow three feet between your car and the bicyclist. Give bicyclists space on the road. When turning right, look right before proceeding. Always check the sidewalks as well as the traffic lanes when merging or turning. Slow down and watch for pedestrians and bicyclists. The Avera Medical Group Brookings encourages drivers as well as bikers to help prevent accidents. Welcome back to Prairie Doc Radio. I'm Laura Ellsworth, and Prairie Doc physician Deb Johnston is here to answer our medical questions. Give us a call at 605-692-1430. 605-692-1430. Before the break, we were talking about neuropathic pain, some of the causes and treatments available. 
Dr. Johnson, I want to talk more about just living with pain and um, how that affects our lives. And uh, in the show, you guys talk about how it can be very lonely sometimes because sometimes a pain, you don't see, other people right. don't see your injury, uh, but it's a very real injury that you're living with a- all Absolutely. The time. And I think this is true for many people with what we call invisible disabilities. So, uh, you know, it's it's easy to think, oh, well, that that person's in a wheelchair. Uh, Of course, they're using that disabled parking spot. Um, It's harder to see, oh, well, that person has rheumatoid arthritis or um, MS or neuropathic pain. And um, we don't recognize that people have different challenges. So, and I think particularly with pain, uh, people just get tired of hearing about it mm-hmm. and they get tired of um oh gee you you don't want to go do this because you're having a bad day well you're always having bad days and um and it can be very lonely and it can be very isolating because even if you're not talking about it um and other people aren't getting tired of hearing you talk about it uh it can impact how you feel up to going and doing something or having people over or, you know, whatever other kind of interaction. And uh, it's pretty easy to become isolated with that. So as we wrap up our neuropathic pain topic here, uh, what do you want people to know if they're experiencing some of these symptoms? Is it important to get in right away? What options should they explore? And I absolutely would say that it's worth getting an evaluation before the pain gets severe. If, for example, you have diabetes, the sooner we can get your blood sugar under control, the less damage is done. Uh, If you have a vitamin B12 deficiency, the sooner we can identify that, uh, the less damage is done. Um, You know, it's important to kind of get that support. Um, and you know, unfortunately, sometimes there's still not a lot we can do, um, but you owe it to yourself to know that you've looked into it. Mm-hmm. And it sounds like another point you made on the television program that even though maybe we don't have a perfect answer for you now, there are so many advancements happening uh, in this field of study. And in medicine in general, Mm -hmm. you know, and and certainly this is a a big field. And maybe this is kind of the silver lining on the uh, opioid crackdown. Um, You know, one of our frustrations has always been that we don't have great ways to treat pain. Uh, And if we can't throw one of our best tools around so freely, um, it has helped to Mm -hmm. develop some other tools uh, that we desperately need. Okay. We had a question come in, Dr. Johnston. The listener had sudden onset of double vision. She is Mm. over 65. What would be causing that? So sudden onset of double vision is always a a big red flag for us. The first thing I think about is a stroke. Mm -hmm. Um, The eyes are controlled by a set of muscles that surround the eyes, and those muscles have to work together in order to give us that binocular vision. So uh, if 
one or more of those muscles is not working the way that it is supposed to, um, that is usually caused by some nerve injury. It could be in the brain. It could be in one of those peripheral nerves. Um, but that's something that, that needs to be checked out right away. Okay. So you would encourage us. I would encourage that person to, to go in right away. Absolutely. Um, if it is a, a stroke, the, the risk of um, additional injury is high in the first little bit of time after a stroke or a mini stroke. Mini strokes are, you know, the term is um, misleading. It sounds like a, ah, it's no big deal. It's just a mini stroke. Sure. But mini strokes can have their own um, set of challenges and uh, they are a warning sign that there may be more damage to come. So that needs to be checked out and that needs to be checked out right away. Okay. Any other um, options that you can think of that might be causing double Sometimes it, it can be a, a temporary injury to one of the nerves that controls one of those muscles. Um, if there'd been some kind of an injury, sometimes we'll see uh, one of those muscles getting trapped in a, a fracture mm-hmm. around there. But uh, presumably she'd have mentioned that if something like that were happening. Right. So mm-hmm. uh, those are the number one, number two, and number three things that, that I think about. And, you know, as the, it's the sudden onset thing that's, that's most concerning to mm-hmm. me. And uh, after that's evaluated, then the eye doctors will get involved. But first, we need to make sure that that brain is okay. Mm-hmm. That's a great reminder to think about the symptoms and signs of a stroke because I know that is one that it is important to get in right away. Absolutely. Uh, so double vision, what are some other symptoms or signs that someone might be having a stroke? So they can be pretty subtle. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes it can be uh, mental status changes, uh, new onset confusion, drowsiness. Um, those are very vague symptoms and can be caused by a variety of different things. Um, You know, we always think about uh, not being able to use an arm or a leg. Uh, Sometimes you'll see the face doesn't look symmetrical, so the smile might um, be crooked Mm -hmm. in a way uh, that it wasn't before. Um, You know, most people are not perfectly symmetrical, so if you've had a crooked smile your whole life, Okay, that's that's fine. But if that's something new and different, uh, that's something I think of. Um, uh, language changes. Uh, I can't get the right words out. I can't, uh, what I'm saying doesn't make any sense. I can't understand what you're saying. Um, th- pretty much a lot of different things can be signs of a stroke. And uh, stroke should be considered brain attacks. And so if there's that concern that something might be a stroke, don't wait it out and see if it goes away. It might go away. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if it goes away, it could still be that mini stroke I was just talking about that's a temporary um, injury. The brain recovers. Uh, but it's a warning sign that there may be more damage to come. Okay. Well, it's time for us to go to our final break. We thank you for listening to Prairie Doc Radio on KBRK and on our podcast. If you have a question, give us a call at 605-692-1430. Be aware with warmer weather, you may find ticks. 
Ticks live in grassy, bushy, or wooded areas. Spending time outside walking your dog, camping, gardening, or hunting can bring you in close contact with ticks. To prevent ticks from attaching, treat your clothes and gear with products containing 0.5% permethrin. Permethrin can be used to treat boots, clothing, and camping gear and remains protective through several washings. This message is brought to you by the Avera Medical Group, Brookings. Welcome back to Prairie Doc Radio. I'm Laura Ellsworth, and Prairie Doc physician Deb Johnston is here answering our medical questions. Dr. Johnston, Bob is telling us it's going to warm up next week quite a oh, bit. Uh, yes. We've had a little bit of some nice weather, but it's going to get hot again. It's, it's summer. It's going to get hot again. And we have been lucky compared mm-hmm. to a lot of the country and a lot of the world. I mean, it has been truly dangerously hot in parts of the world and uh, we're potentially going to get some of that dangerously hot this next week and so I'd like to make a plea to everybody out there to pay attention to the heat Um, that combination of uh, what the temperature what the thermometer says Mm -hmm. what the humidity is and what kind of the overall climate is can really impact Uh, how dangerous heat is for people. So um, I would like everybody to kind of be aware, um, think about that combination, um, think about your own level of fitness, people that are uh, athletes who have been running every day uh, since January 1, (laughs) uh, out in the temperature are going to have an easier time handling the heat than someone like me who hates heat and isn't much of an outdoorsy girl and would really prefer to be inside anyway. Um, So if you're not acclimated to the heat, you're going to have a much harder time than someone who uh, is acclimated to the heat. But even people that have been out all day every day uh, are going to have trouble when it gets hot enough. So be sure that you're trying to stay in the shade, avoiding the hot uh, parts of the day, uh, staying hydrated. That's super important. Um, some medicines will make you more sensitive to the heat. So you have to think about those kinds of things too. Maybe uh, you just started taking a new medicine for your blood pressure, or maybe you've got a cold and now you're taking cough and cold medication. Uh, you just need to be aware that uh, that is a possibility and you need to be careful. Okay, great reminders as we go. If we're experiencing some symptoms, what, sh- what symptoms should we be aware of? Um, You know, there's a range of injury that can come with heat exposure, um, and not everything that happens when it's hot out is is related to the heat. Um, The things that are actually truly Mm life-threatening are when uh, your core body temperature uh, rises above... Uh, 101, uh, particularly over about 102 uh, degrees, that is a a life-threatening situation with a very high rate of death Mm. associated with Mm -hmm. it. Uh, So we've got to be super careful about that. Um, Feeling dizzy, feeling thirsty, uh, you know, some people have the idea that uh, people who have severe heat injury or heat stroke stop sweating. Um, but they're usually saturated with sweat Mm. by the time that happens to them. If people are getting confused 
uh, headachy, um, that is a potential emergency and that needs to be taken very seriously. Um, but even uh, dizziness, lightheadedness can be a sign that something bad is about to happen. So we've got to pay attention to that. Great reminders as we warm up. Warm up. Here. Thank yes, you, Dr. That's Johnston. Right. Well, before we go, please do be sure to tune in to South Dakota Public Broadcasting Television and the Prairie Doc Facebook page for On Call with the Prairie Doc. Most Thursdays starting at 7 p.m. This week on Thursday, July 20th, join us for an encore episode on neuropathic pain. Prairie Doc host Deb Johnston is joined by Dr. Christina Sanders, Dr. Tyler Tachek, and Dr. Matt Simmons. So tune in tomorrow night on SDPB television to learn more. We hope you've enjoyed our Prairie Doc radio program and we'll listen again for Prairie Doc on KBRK brought to you by the Avera Medical Group Brookings. Please follow the Prairie Doc on Facebook and YouTube for free and easy access to the entire Prairie Doc library. Visit www.prairiedoc.org. And look for Prairie Doc wherever you find your podcast. My thanks to Dr. Deb Johnston for joining us today. And as Dr. Holm would say, stay healthy out there, people.